0: Time and time again, we've heard the phrase, the Lord is faithful. But what does that mean? And how does it affect the life of the believer? Join us today on the THP Online Community Podcast, where we're going to talk about that. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas, your media pastor here at The Healing Place, and I'm so glad you have hit the play button today. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, we're glad to have you with us. Thank you for inviting us to wherever you are at today. If you're new to the THP Online Community Podcast, we are the podcast for The Healing Place in Shreveport, Louisiana, where we are passionate about helping people be who God created them to be, know what He's saying, and to do what He's called them to do, to help them take their next step in their relationship with Him. As I said in my intro, today we're going to be talking about God's faithfulness and the effect of God's faithfulness on you as a believer. There is a passiveness to the phrase, God is faithful. At least that seems to be. Everyone looks at the, looks at that phrase and they go, well, this is who God is and this is how he's going to be. And that is true. But there is something that takes place in you as a believer and in your life that is a direct result of you leaning and trusting in the faithfulness of God. But what does that look like? How does this activate in your life? Well, today for our podcast, you guys are going to hear uh, our lead pastor, Scott Etheridge, kind of talk about this. And this is a message that came from our online community this past week on our website, thbshreport.com. And I really want to encourage you guys, lean in, listen, not just like the words Scott's saying, but listen to the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit trying to draw out of you? What is the Lord wanting to speak to you in this situation? If you can, take some notes and jot a few things down. And at the end of this podcast, don't log off. I'm going to come back. I'm going to pray with you guys. I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to give you some next steps you guys can take. All that being said, let's get into today's message.
1: Hey there, everyone. Let's get ready to dig right into the Word today. Uh, Listen, we've been taking our next steps in this gathering so far, and uh, now it is time to take a deep dive. Today we're going to take a deep dive. Now, if you know anything about teaching, if you know anything about Preaching—it's not just preaching or churches, but if you're a teacher in a classroom, or if you're uh, maybe a teacher in some type of setting, you know that there's a thing called a points-based message, right? So, uh, a lot of times speakers will do points-based message because it helps us to remember better. So it's like point one, point two, point three, and so we can lock it into the vault, right? Well, today we're going to do a different spin on that. So today's not necessarily a points-based message. We have one promise that has some elements within that promise, and we're going to apply that in three different applications. We're going to apply that in three different passages. So here's our promise this week. Let's go to it. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. And verse 3, okay, 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. If you guys know anything about the healing place, you know we're all about context. We're not all about, hey, let's just pull this little verse out of here. It makes me feel awesome. And, you know, we've learned that over the last couple of weeks, even with our guest speakers, of dealing with contextualization of the passage, right? Uh, A couple of weeks ago, Cassie Hammett, Lamentations, sounded like an amazing promise, but then you got to look at the context of it. Last week, Dallas looked at the context. Uh, Even three weeks ago, our friend Mike Conaway, he looked at the context of what we're talking about. So in 2 Thessalonians 3 is an amazing promise in verse 3, but the context is this. Paul has established a a group of believers uh, in Thessalonica. Now Thessalonica is a place that actually still exists today. It's a port city. It was uh, the second largest um, port and second largest um, uh, city in all of Macedonia. So you had Philippi, huge business sector, business area. Then you had Thessalonica, again, a huge business center, a port city, lots of things going on. It would have been a place that a lot of people would have wanted to go. And Paul goes to this place and preaches the gospel, establishes. Paul and Silas, they establish this group of believers, and they begin to follow Jesus together. They begin to focus on Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to dig in, go deeper, do life together. And Paul is discipling them from afar. And so uh, if you know anything about the New Testament, you know Paul's letters. Sometimes he's writing from prison. Sometimes he's writing from a different place. But uh, all accounts are that he goes to Thessalonica after Philippi. So they establish believers in Philippi. They go to Thessalonica, and when we say believers plural, we're talking about Jews, we're talking about Greeks, we're talking about Romans, we're talking about Jews who are giving their life to Jesus, or coming out of the synagogue. I'm talking about Greeks who have been um, who who have been inundated with all different t- types of uh, pagan activity. They're coming out of that Romans and that whole. Uh, 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 theology of power and authority and control they're coming all out of these different areas coming together and Paul instructs them now the book of first Thessalonians second Thessalonians uh, primarily is about the coming of the Lord he's instructing them and here's why and this is how it deals with us right in 2021 All of a sudden, all these believers, they're new believers, man, they are on fire for Jesus, man, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, man, they're just going after God, they're telling people about Jesus, but now all of a sudden persecution comes, so they're getting persecution, Jews are getting persecutions from other Jews, Greeks, Romans, they're getting persecution from unbelievers, it's starting to press in on them, now all of a sudden you have These quote unquote theologians who rise up within these believers who are going, Jesus is coming tomorrow, so we don't have to do anything. Paul even deals with like being idle. They weren't even getting jobs because they were like, Jesus is coming tomorrow. And it wasn't necessarily that they knew that Jesus was coming. It was more of this is gonna make me feel better about what's coming against me to believe that Jesus is coming tomorrow. So there's all this stuff is going on and Paul begins to to send them messages, and he sends them a message about the coming of the Lord, and he's like, hey, calm down. Listen, I don't even want to write to you about the coming of the Lord because you know that it's as a thief in the night. We don't know when it's coming. We don't know when he's coming. We don't know what. But here's what we need to do. In the meantime, what do we need to do? We need to continue. We need to continue discipling. We need to continue to going after God. We need to continue to pray. We need to continue to go deeper. And so he's like, listen, it's not that it's that it doesn't matter, but your soul focuses on his coming rather than his living in you right now. So he's bringing this correction. He's saying, hey, those of you that are not getting jobs, like that's not the Lord. You need to get a job. You need to be in the marketplace. You need to be working. You need to be taking care of your family. So all this stuff is going on. People are screaming about end of days. You've got all kinds of persecution coming against them. All this is coming into this melting pot. And the pressure is unbelievable. The pressure from the inside within the believers, right, of some just bad theology, and then outside of unbelievers is just pressing against them. And so Paul sends these letters to encourage them and instruct them and say, hey, here's your next step. And here's where we find our promise this week. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, and here's why what everything I just said matters. Because we can take this one little verse, man, and we can bring it out, and we can be like, man, that makes me feel great. But understand, all this is going on. Not unlike 2021, you hear, hey, Jesus has to be coming because this happened in America, this happened in China, this happened in Russia. Jesus is coming like tomorrow. Well, that may be but what are you doing today? How are you letting him live inside of you today? How are you letting him establish you today? How are you living in the Lord's faithfulness today? How are you letting the Holy Spirit guard your heart and your mind against what's happening in the world? Okay? 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. If you're with me, say yes, all caps. Come on. We're digging a little bit deeper with some teaching today. I, want, I don't want to lose you. I want you in, all in. All right? 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful, but the Lord is faithful. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's going on, no matter how much the pressure, no matter how much people are trying to change your theology or trying to influence you to believe something that may not be true, the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you? Why is that important? Establish you, get you grounded so that whatever comes against you, whether it's bad theology from other people who are are saying they're believers in Jesus, if it's from an unbelieving world trying to influence you uh, to to give into the thoughts of this world, whatever it is, he will establish you. He will ground you so you won't be moved by those things. And then says, and will guard you from the evil one. The evil one not being a governmental official or anything like that, but the evil one, the devil, Satan, his weapons, his, his lies, his deception, all those things. So the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Now, that's our first application of that. Paul says, listen, all these things are coming against you. Listen, we were there at the very beginning when you learned about Jesus. We were there when your eyes were open. We saw the joy in your hearts. We saw the joy in your eyes. We saw you go and preach the gospel. We saw you filled with the Holy Spirit. We saw you uh, speak in a heavenly language. We heard you pray. We saw you witness. We saw all of that, and it was real. And the same Lord that did that is the same Lord who's going to protect you now, right? Sometimes we just need to be reminded. And who reminds us? Well, we learned last week. Who reminds us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will remind us of everything that Jesus taught us. The Holy Spirit will remind us of what the Lord has done, what Jesus has done in our life. He will remind us of why God called us and why God saved us. So let's go backwards a bit. To our promise from last week for our second application, and that's in Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Second Chronicles twenty. Come on, moderators are putting in the chat right now. Second Chronicles twenty. And to be honest with you, Old Testament, New Testament, this is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. Um, Chronicles one and two are some of my favorite readings in the entire Word of God. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 10. Now, our, our promise from last week was the battle is not yours, right? But the battle is mine, says the Lord. That was our promise, right? But we're talking here about the application of this promise that was given to the, to the people in Thessalonica in Second Thessalonians 3.3, 3, that the Lord is faithful he will establish you, and he will guard you from the evil one, all right? So we had that application in Thessalonica. That's, a, that's one scenario, one situation. Here's another one, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 10. And now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are. So here's what they're saying. There's like, Lord... It's not just some enemy way far off, like some thought I have. Like, this is close. This is right in front of me right now. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to inherit us. Lord, we tried to be good, and we tried to do the right thing, but now here they are, and they're casting it. They're going to throw us out. They're going to destroy us. They're going to kill us. They're going to murder us because these are warriors. This is an army. Verse 12, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. Lord, we have no power. Nor do we even know what to do. Have you ever been there? Like, God, I I don't have any power. I don't have any answers. I don't even know what to do or say. Come on, if you've ever been there, tell us in the chat. I've been there. That's me. I've been there. So they say, we don't know what to do, but here's the key. But our eyes are upon you what are they saying? Lord, we don't know what to do, but you are faithful. Come on, put that in the chat. That is our promise. The Lord is faithful. Put that in the chat. Write it. Well, wait a second, Scott. The person before me just put it in the chat. I don't have to. Yes, you do. You need to declare it personally. You need to put it in the chat right now personally. You Declaring it. Not somebody declaring it for you, but you declaring the Lord is faithful. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, but my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. You are faithful, Lord. I don't have the answers, but you do. Now look at what it says. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children stood before the Lord. And here's the kicker right here. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Okay, Lord, you're faithful. But now the Lord says, listen. I'm going to send my spirit upon you, and here's what's going to happen. My spirit is going to establish your faith, all right? Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Why is that important that we know his name? Because his name means vision of God. The son of Zechariah. Why is it important that we know his name? Because it means memory of the Lord. The son of Benaniah. Why is that important? Because that means son of God. The son of Jael which means carried away by God. The son of Madaniah, which means gift from the Lord. A Levite of the sons of Asaph, which means one who gathers for the Lord in the midst of the assembly. So the Spirit of God comes upon this man who's... who's Name literally means vision of God. God's spirit is establishing. Every single one of these names is established as being from the Lord. That's why your identity is super, super important. The Holy Spirit establishes your identity as a son and a daughter of God, as Dallas told us last week. The Holy Spirit, what does he do? He does a lot of stuff. But one of the things that he does is when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, he establishes your identity. It's not just Scott anymore, but it's son of God. It's not just Jehazel anymore, but it's vision of God. What Jehazel's about to speak, what he is about to deliver because the Spirit of God comes on him, is a vision from God. It is from a faithful God who's about to establish in them courage, strength, and faith, not fear. Not doubt, but courage, strength, and faith. Come on. Courage, strength, and faith. Put that in the chat right now. Courage. Courage. I've got courage. I've got strength. Come on. Not because I'm strong, but because he's faithful, right? Courage, strength, boldness. I have all of those things. I've got faith to believe that God's going to do what I can't do. Verse 15, and he said, now here's what Jehazel says from the Lord. Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. What's he doing? He's establishing something in them. Why is it important that we read the word of God? It's establishing something in us. The Lord is faithful, so I'm going to be faithful to be in his word. The Lord is faithful I'm going to be faithful in prayer. The Lord is faithful. I'm going to be faithful to allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do in my life, no matter how wild it may be, no matter how wild it may sound, no matter what other people may think, I'm going to let God do what he wants to do in my life. I'm going to let him establish something because our promise is the Lord is faithful and he will establish you. Verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up, right? go down against them. Lord, we just told you, we don't know how to fight. Like our eyes are upon you and that's awesome. And I get it. The battle's not mine, but yours, but really go down to them. Like, can't we just wait here? And then you take care of it here. The word of the Lord says, go down against them. That's an act of faith. That's a next step. You hear us talk about next steps all the time. We're not just talking about a class. We're not just talking about, we're talking about taking your next step in Jesus, going deeper faith. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. What's he saying? Not only will I establish you, you need to establish yourself. Position yourself. Put yourself in the right place. Stand still. Be grounded, Right? And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you, okay? Jehoshaphat bows his head to the, his face to the ground and all Judah bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Nothing's even happened yet. And they're worshiping and praising God. They're singing a song. They're giving a song of victory and nothing has even happened. Why? Because the Lord is faithful and it's been established in them that God's going to do what he says. His promises are yes and amen. Verse 20, so they rose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. The Lord is faithful, and you shall be what? Established. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm talking about applying the promises of God. It's not just in Thessalonians, but right here in 2 Chronicles. The Lord is faithful, and he will establish you. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. The the promise from 2 Thessalonians is activated right here. And crazy wild Holy Spirit story, wilderness of Tekoa, right? That was a true wilderness place. A friend of mine one time was pastoring this amazing church, huge church, massive church. Man, it was blowing and going. God said, your time here is done. I want you to go to this other place. He he drives to this other place. He meets with the people. There's like 37 people in this church in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. He had never even heard of this town in Georgia, right? We're talking about the Lord is faithful. We're talking about the Lord establishing some stuff in you. He'd never even heard of this place in Georgia. And the Lord said, look, I'm sending you there. Go there. Go down. Almost like this right here. Go down there. He goes to this place. He meets with them. He's like, this is wrong. This can't be God. His wife was like, we're going from this to this. Surely this can't be God. They go back home. The Lord speaks to him and says, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. He goes, and he's reading it, and he says, They rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tocoa Where was the place in Georgia that the Lord sent him? Out in the middle of nowhere with 37 people? Tocoa Georgia. That's what the Holy Spirit will do to confirm to you that the battle is the Lord's. It's not yours. That God is in control. He is faithful. So going on with this story, They're worshiping God, verse 21. And when he had consulted with people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They're singing a song of victory even before they get to the battle. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seor, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seor to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants, they helped to destroy one another. Basically, the Lord set ambushes against them, and they destroyed one another, even before the children of Israel got there. And look what look what Judah finds. Look what Judah, the people of Judah, look what they find when they get there. They finally get to the battlefield. The Lord is faithful. The Lord will establish you. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there they were, dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. The battle had already been won before they got there. So what did the Lord do? He was faithful. He established that faithfulness in them, that word from him. He established it in their hearts. And what did he do? He guarded them against the enemy. Same promise in Thessalonians. The Lord is faithful, right? The Lord is faithful. He will establish you where you're not just all over the map. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Boom, I'm established. And then he will guard you against the evil one. Same premise right here. Enemies pressing in. They're trying to destroy the people of God. Same scenario as Second Thessalonians, different, different application, same scenario, same promise. It's all happening the same way. Pressure, unbelief, persecution. It's all coming. And even from within there are doubters. But the Lord is faithful, he establishes his word by his spirit. Come on, somebody put in the chat right now. His spirit, not just by some word from somewhere, his spirit came and established this word in them. They believed on this word, and then they took their next step to walk it out, and God guarded them against the enemy. Listen, The promises of God are yes and amen. No matter what's pressing against you or coming up from within, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you if you will let him by his Holy Spirit, and he will guard you from the enemy. Now let's go to Luke chapter one. And here's our third application. And I know I just said this about Second Chronicles 20, but Luke chapter 1 may be another one of my faves. Um Luke chapter 1 means something to me on so many different levels because it was one of the first chapters that I read after I gave my life to Jesus because it was about John the Baptist. And the Lord gave me a word. When I got saved, the Spirit of God came upon me and gave me a word. John the Baptist. I didn't even know who this guy was. I didn't know John the Baptist. I didn't know he was in the Bible. Um, I thought he was actually a Baptist guy named John that may have been in our community. I mean, that's how green I was. I, I didn't know anything about anything. And I read this and it, it, my heart exploded because when I saw what the Lord was saying about John the Baptist, I felt like that's what he was saying about me. So here we are. We're in this place that should be amazing, the temple. This is glory of God stuff. This is like heavenly, but there's been no word from heaven for 400 years. Again, context matters. No word from heaven. Zacharias and Elizabeth, Both of them are from the priesthood. Elizabeth goes all the way back to Aaron, which if you know anything about that, you know that's a big deal. She's from the priesthood of Aaron. Zacharias is from the priesthood. He is now in the priesthood. He does certain duties within the temple. They are faithful. They are blameless, but they are without child. She is barren. And in those days, that's a curse. How can you be from the priesthood of the blessings of God, and how can you not produce... Right? How can you not produce from your womb the fruit of your womb? How can you not produce? That's going to call into question the anointing of God upon you for the priesthood. So here's Zacharias and Elizabeth, are blameless. Man, they are on fire for God, but yet persecuted because they're barren. They have no children. Not just from outside, but from within. Zacharias goes into the temple. And he's doing a specific duty, and this is not a duty that he would do all the time. This would be periodic, and this may be once every several years, right? So this was a big deal. And people didn't just go into the temple to do these duties, like, hey guys, how's it going? Hey, we're at church today. How about that LSU game? Uh uh-uh, there wasn't none of that going on. <laughs> it's like they're walking in and they're like, I don't want to do anything to mess up. I need to be holy, right? The Lord is holy, I need to be holy. Like I, I'm, I'm tiptoeing through the tulips a little bit here. Like this is, this is a big deal, all right. And so again, no word from heaven, no angelic visitation for 400 years. Zechariah goes in, and what happens? An angel of the Lord appears to him. 400 years of silence. I go in to do this duty for the first time, maybe, and an angel of the Lord appears. I'm in trouble. Like we're not talking about touched by an angel or like, um, Cupid flying in, you know, it's none of that. We're talking fire. We're talking like glory. We're talking about get on your face because God sent an angel and this is about to be heavy stuff. And either I've done something very, very wrong, or I'm about to get warned about something. So that's the context. Here we go. Verse 13 of Luke one. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. What did he tell the people in 2 Chronicles 20? Do not be afraid, all right? Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. What's been their prayer? Man, Lord, we would love a child. We, we don't want to be barren. We don't want to be fruitless. We want to multiply, Lord. We want to we live according to your promises. Your prayer is heard. What's the underlying virtue of that? The Lord is faithful. Your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, not just a child, but a son. Legacy, right? Namesake. Man, this thing's going to go on. But the angel continues, and you shall call his name John. Listen, dude, you don't even get to name your kid. In those days, that's a big deal, because why can you read the Bible and see so many uh, names that are the same? Because a lot of times that's how the name was carried on. It wasn't necessarily the last name, but it was their name. It was Zacharias is Zacharias, and, and Zephaniah is Zephaniah, and you know, Joshua is Joshua. You know, it's like, carry that name on. So in his mind, my son shouldn't be named Zacharias. No, 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 no. His name shall be called John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now this sounds amazing. But now the angel says, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you. The angel of the Lord is establishing something in Zechariah's heart right now. Listen, by the Spirit of God. I am coming to you to tell you, not only are you going to have a son, but he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Zacharias doesn't even have a concept of this because the Spirit only just came on people in the Old Testament. But now the word is he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what? He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He's going to turn them to the coming one, the Messiah. He will also go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the Father to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Why is this so huge? Because this is Old Testament prophecy. This is Isaiah. This is this is the prophets speaking about the one who would come, and when he came in the spirit of Elijah, he would turn the hearts. He... he The angel is telling Zacharias, your son is going to fulfill these ancient prophecies, which is also going to fulfill the coming one, the anointed one, the son of God, the Lord, the anointed one, and your son's going to go before him and prepare the way for him. He is establishing something. Now let's go to verse 59. So it was on the eighth day they came to circumcise him. Now... The whole time of Elizabeth's uh, birthing process, Zacharias' mouth has been closed by the angel. He can't say anything to anybody. What's the purpose in that? Man, we could go into a whole other deeper conversation about that. We won't do that right now. Silence. So now for nine months, he's silent, thinking about his name's going to be called John. He's preparing a way for the Lord. Man, he's not going to be like me. He's not going to look like me. He's not going to dress like me. He's not going to say, have the same anointing as me. He's not even going to have the same name. There must have been some disappointment. So he's working through disappointment. And the whole time, Elizabeth, unable to, to speak with her husband, they're just, she's carrying the baby. He's carrying this vision and this word from the Lord. It's being established in them. Um, and being established, when I say that, one mind, one accord. So it was on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. He's been born. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. They would have done that because that's what they're supposed to do. His mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. Boom, it's been established in her. The Lord is faithful, right? You're going to have a son. He will establish you. So this word has been established in them. Even she says his name is going to be called John. Verse 61, but they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father. What would he have called him? Oh, Elizabeth, you don't know what you're talking about. We're going to Zacharias. Surely he's going to say Zacharias. Well, he's not going to say anything because his voice is gone. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote saying, His name, not will be, is John. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you. It was established in Zachariah's heart. And look what happens next. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. What they do in 2 Chronicles 20? They were praising God. Praising God for the victory. Praising God that had been established. Verse 65, then fear came on all who dwelt around him, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country. So they're all discussing it. How can he call his name John? How can he do this? How can he do that? They should have done this. They should have done that. But they're marveling that writing it down now opens his mouth, right? And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with them. Verse 67, this is the kicker. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And what comes out of his mouth is basically this. The Lord is faithful, the Lord will establish you, and he will guard you from the evil one. And verse 8 even says, So the child grew and became strong in his spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Why is that important? Because he was guarded from the evil one. Why? Because Herod had sent out to kill all the firstborn. Not just Jesus in that, but John the Baptist as well. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you. He will guard you from the evil one so that John the Baptist could be the voice crying in the midst of the wilderness going before Jesus. But that connotation in verse 67, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit, catch this. You guys ready? Remember Old Testament. Spirit comes on people, right? On But here, it says he is filled with the Holy Spirit. Not that the Spirit came on him, but he is filled with the Holy Spirit and opens his mouth and prophesies. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Same connotation as Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes and fills the 120. Wow, okay, that's cool. Really? He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus is born. Jesus hadn't been born yet. For all those out there who want to argue about the Holy Spirit and argue about discernment of spirits and speaking in tongues and wisdom and discernment and all these gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether they still exist today or not, God is sovereign and God will do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it through whomever he chooses to do it. The gifts are still active today because the Holy Spirit is still active today and the Holy Spirit still speaks. He doesn't just seal us for some great day of eternity, but he empowers us to live day by day and he empowers us through gifts. Yes, I said it through gifts gifts, discerning a spirits, so that we know what spirit's trying to come against us. When Jews and Greeks and Romans and that spirit's coming against us, we know that's not of God. When people that we trust that are within the body may start saying things and believing things that are absolutely not biblically true. We can discern that spirit, not just because we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit upon a salvation, but because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, because we didn't just get saved, but now we get to walk in the Spirit, and we get to live in the Spirit. I am passionate about this, guys. There is so much terrible theology and lies from the devil out there that are keeping believers just like you, stunted from living in the fullness of the the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is real. He is active. He is living. It's not just the Word of God that is living and active like a two-edged sword. It is the Spirit of God in us who is active and living, and He does convict us He does convict us. And when he convicts us, guess what happens? There is a separation of our flesh and our spirit. And he gets right to our spirit and says, listen, I'm pointing you to Jesus. Everything I'm doing is pointing you to Jesus. Everything I'm doing is pointing you to Jesus. And you know if you get to Jesus, he's pointing you to the Father. The Lord is faithful. That's our promise this week. He is faithful. What he said he will do. And what he said about the Holy Spirit? That is available to you today. He will establish you. How does he establish you? By the Spirit of God. When we read the Word of God, how is the Word of God established? It's not just because we read it. It's because the Holy Spirit teaches us what the Word is saying and establishes it in our hearts. And how are we guarded from the evil one? How are we guarded from the evil one? It's the Holy Spirit the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us. That's what guards us. It guards our minds, and it guards our hearts. How? Discernment. Gifts. All those different things that are available to us through the Holy Spirit. And guess what it's all wrapped up in? It's all centered, and it's all wrapped up around love, the love of the Father, that our Spirit bears witness with His Spirit that we are children of God. Because we can have all those gifts, and we can make all that chatter, and we can do all that stuff, but if we don't have love, it's just noise. It all works together, guys. It all works together. So here's our promise in three different applications. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you, and he will guard you from the evil one. Jews, Greeks, Romans, all three. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you. (laughs) He will guard you from the evil one. Man, the enemy's coming, I don't even know what to do, we can't fight, I'm not sure. The Spirit of God comes, the Lord is faithful, he will establish you, he will guard you. Man, Lord, we've been good, we've been doing everything right, and still we have no fruit. Like, what is happening? The Lord is faithful, he will establish you, and he will guard your heart. And so I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you and with you and as we do this I want you to pray I mean really really pray lean in lean in get on the floor right now if you're on the beach and you're just hanging out in the sun stand up (laughs) All right, wherever you're at engage right now Lord we believe and know you're faithful we ask you to establish us in that promise establish us today Lord God that you establish us in faith and courage and boldness and strength establish us by your holy spirit lord guard us from the evil one that lord empower us by the power of your holy spirit lord to take every thought captive lord god bring it into subjection to christ every thought that the enemy tries to bring to us lord i pray that we would be guarded against us through the power of your holy spirit lord i pray right now that you would empower those that are watching that are listening empower right now lord access lord that they would give you access right now to the very depths of their heart places they have never allowed you to go They would access those places by the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit that lives within them. Whatever slice of that is there, Lord God, it may be covered by all the things of the world, but I pray that the light of you, Lord God, the light of Christ would blast through all of that darkness, Lord God, and your spirit would shine through, illuminate, bring revelation today, bring comfort. Lord, counsel them today lead them guide them i pray lord that if they're in the darkest night of their light it would be like sunshine coming in lord squinty eyes and everything but feeling the warmth of that sun coming in that light breaking through the darkness god there would be deliverance there would be freedom right now in jesus name because you are faithful you will establish us and you will guard us from the enemy and no weapon formed against the children of god will ever prosper and we declare that today In Jesus' name. Guys, I've given you everything I've got today. I hope you have hung in with us. Hopefully you have, right? If you're watching this later, man, take a next step in Jesus today. The Lord is faithful, right? He will establish you, and he will guard you from the evil one. And thank you guys so much. I love you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you.
0: Hey, thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. We hope that it's encouraged you and challenged you, but this is the time now for you to really think about what your next step is going to be. We never want you guys just to listen to these podcasts, just to listen to them. Don't get me wrong. It's great that you listen. And I know Pastor Scott's a wonderful person to listen to. However, these messages have a purpose. Holy spirit uses these things to challenge you, to speak to you and to draw something out of you. And we want to help you take your next step with them. So how can we pray with you? What has the Lord been saying to you? How has he been establishing something inside of you? How has he been guarding you against the evil one? What are you needing the Lord to establish? What's going on in your life that you need God to guard you from? Or perhaps you're just struggling with the concept of of walking with God's trust, leaning to God's faithfulness. And you just need prayer to be able to lean into that. Trust in him. We want to pray with you. I'm going to pray here in a second on this podcast, but I want to encourage you to reach out to us. You can email us, mediahub at thpshreeport.com, or you can reach us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for report We pop up very easy, and let us know how we can encourage you, how we can walk through something with you today. If you need the links or you want to see how everything's spelled out, check the show notes down below. It has all the information you'll need. Well, let's pray, guys. Lord, I just thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you, are the one person, the one being that we can truly trust. Lord, that your faithfulness has shown itself, proven itself time after time. And then when we look at the scriptures, when we look at the the biblical evidence of your faithfulness, that we see that you establish in us something new. You establish us, you strengthen us in our situation. And then you guard us against things that we don't even know about. There are so many things in life, Lord, that the enemy has tried to use to attack us that we will never know about because you Had divinely protected us. And I thank you, Lord, that out of that, that those things that we do face, those are things that you say, you got this. You can handle this. This will strengthen you. And Lord, we thank you for that. I pray for every person listening right now, Father. They just, Lord, they need you to strengthen them. They need you to establish something new in them. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray you begin to stir aside and give them peace in their situation. And give them peace, knowing that you're going to guard them, that you're going to take care of them. It's like you're not just sending them out into the wilderness. You're with them. Holy Spirit is with them right now, ministering to them, showing them, giving them divine, uh, almost tactics of what they need to do and how to walk what you out what you have for them. Holy Spirit, though, I pray, though, for, specifically for those who are listening, and there's an emptiness. They've struggled with the concept of trusting in your faithfulness. They have had bad experiences. There have been people who have possibly spoken for you, claiming to speak for you, and they have let them down, not realizing they were trusting a man rather than you. Holy Spirit, I pray you speak to that person. Lord, you pierce through the darkness, through the hurt, through the pain, through the spiritual scarring that's taken place in their lives, and you bring healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for a rebirth that takes place, a new, a, a revival in their spirit. To say, I will trust in the Lord. And Lord, out of that, Lord, you will strengthen them. You will guard them as they walk in faith, leaning into your faithfulness. Amen. Hey, guys, again, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope it's encouraged you and challenged you. Do us a favor. Uh, This has really been a, a benefit to you leave a review on Apple Podcasts and um, it helps just kind of get the word out, lets people know what this podcast is about and how it can help them in the long run. And again, I invite you guys, please reach out to us, give us some feedback. Let us know how these have been ministering to you. How have these podcasts encouraged you over the last several weeks? Let us know. Until next time, guys, have a great week.